worship team. Thanks so much. As they were singing that song, Reckless Love, I don't know, that song just is very special for me, for you, I'm sure. You know, as we know, as you, most of you know, if you're part of our church family, we uh, had one that lost a battle this week. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. When you know that the enemy has bound up a life and, and they lost the, their battle to that fight. So, you know, we want to keep Laura, we want to keep Lainey and her mom and dad in our prayers. But let me tell you, God's word is truth. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. Freedom. He says that if we know the truth, the truth will what? Set us free. So anywhere that we're not free, it simply means there's a lack of truth somewhere that we need to grab hold of that truth and enjoy and embrace and, and appropriate that freedom into our life. So it's good to see you this morning, and, and I'm excited about today. I'm excited about all God's doing. I'm excited about every day. How about you? We should be excited about every day. It's an opportunity to touch a life, to change a destiny, to save a soul, right? To bring healing and health and wholeness. And I want to pray right now just for our those that are sick. That we're, you know, we, we pray and we believe. God's word says he's the Lord God who heals all of our diseases, right? He says, I'm Jehovah Rapha. He's the Lord God who heals. He said, I sent my word and I brought healing. We believe that, don't we? And so, Lord, we just lift up, we just lift up Becky Hammett, Gary Mouton, Larry Ellison is here. I thank you, God, for that. We lift up John Hammett. God, we thank you, Lord, that you appropriate your word for healing in their lives. You said if we ask anything according to your will, you will hear us and you will do it. And we will expect to see that prayer answered. God, we expect to see healing in the lives of these people because that is your word. And God, we are holding on to that word. So we thank you, Father, for it. We declare it. Father, if there's anyone in the service today that needs healing in their bodies, your presence is here. So God, we thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to deliver my July the 4th message finally. You never know how it's going to be, right? <laughs> you come in with one thing and the Holy Spirit decides he's going to do something else. And that's okay. So I've worded it a little differently. I've taken July the 4th off of it. <laughs> so it's freedom in Christ. And, you know, freedom really has taken on a different meaning in recent months, hasn't it? I was thinking about the people down in Cuba who are going through all the, you know, the crises in their, in their city and their nation in South Africa and all over the world where there's no freedom, where, where maybe they've experienced some measure of freedom and it's been taken from them. You know, we can lose our freedoms in many ways. We can lose it through other people. We can lose it through the court system. We can lose it through the government. The government can take away freedom. And, you know, in our own nation, freedom of speech is in danger now. If one disagrees with a certain message, that freedom of speech is in danger. But there are certain God-given freedoms that cannot be superseded by another's choices. There are certain God-given freedoms. Our Declaration of Independence calls these life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And these are the inalienable rights of freedom that's been bestowed upon us as people of God, by God. And no one can take those away. No one has the right to take those away. But there's an evil agenda in our nation today that's taken away the right to life for over 60 million souls. And this is why the church has to stand up and pray. We have the freedom to pray, 
right? We have the freedom to pray. We have the freedom to believe. We have the freedom to cast down strongholds. Read Proverbs 21, 22. I love that. The wise counselor ascends into the heavens. And what does he do? He releases breakthrough and tears down strongholds. We need to be doing that over our city and over our nation. There's a lot in our city. We've been walking through our cities and praying. We want godly influence in our city, right? There's not a lot of godly influence in our city today, but we want godly influence in that. But there is a freedom that transcends any type of freedom, any other type, and that is a freedom that comes only in Christ. That freedom comes only in Christ. And that is a freedom that once we receive it, it can only be taken by our consent. But we can give the consent to take away that freedom. The devil can't take it without our consent. The government can't take it without our consent. And no man can rob us of that freedom. But all freedom, including that freedom from Christ, comes at a great price. You think about the freedoms we with the greatest nation on the face of the earth. It came at a great price. How many lives were lost? How much blood was shed for the freedoms that we enjoy today? And many times we take that for granted because we've not experienced a time in our lives where we've been under the tyranny of a government. But there's that personal freedom, that personal freedom that God gives to us. And last week, you know, I spoke about pagan shrines and things that get into our heart that are idols, and every one of these things rob us of our freedom. And you think, well, how are we doing? What do you, how, what do you mean by this? Let me just give you some statistics. In this, in this county, within 20 miles of Impact Church, over 66,000 people struggle with major depressive disorder. Is that freedom? No. Over 66,000 people in a 20-mile radius suffer from major depressive disorder. What does that mean? That means depression that has not been affected by at least four medications. That's sad, isn't it? Just, what about Charlotte? What about Salisbury? What about Greensboro? Addiction. In the U.S., 40% of the adult population struggle with illicit drug use. The CDC reports over 42,000 people suffer from obesity, which is food addiction. The average person spends 8 hours and 41 minutes on electronic screens or in front of electronic screens. That's addiction. The DSM-5 now classifies technology as an addiction. The Porn Hub states that 115 million hits a day on porn. 115 million hits. Just divide that by how many minutes are in the day. Anger. This was one that really surprised me. 71% of people in the U.S. get angry every day. Don't raise your hand, but do you get angry every day? This is even worse. 31% say they get seething angry every day. I guess that means you knock a hole in the wall or throw something or <laughs> push or shove. I don't know what that really means, seething anger. So that's one out of three, one out of three. 63% of Americans fear something very bad will happen to them or to their loved ones. I have a feeling that number is low. I really do. But if we believe in Christ and if we've made Jesus the Lord of our life, then regardless of how we got to that place, where we're bound up, we can be free. You know, I say freedom is a choice. It is, but freedom's not easy in many cases. If you've been addicted to something, you know, just like the drugs, just like pornography, it's not easy to break free from that, but you can break free. You can break free. We see people all the time that are breaking free. Take some effort. And I'm going to tell you how to step into your freedom today, okay? 
If you're bound up with anything, I'm going to give you some just four easy steps on how to step into your freedom. Guaranteed by the word of God. Many say, well, you don't know how bad my depression is. You don't know how bad my addiction is. You don't know how bad my anger is. I don't, but I do know how powerful my God is. That's what I know. I know how powerful my God is. And let me tell you, there's nothing too hard for him. There's nothing that that cannot bow its knee or would not bow its knee to him at the name of Jesus. But freedom begins with a choice. Freedom begins with a choice. And many remain in bondage to poor health and to addiction simply because they choose not to make that choice. Many remain in bondage to drugs and emotional uh, bondage and fears, but they can be free. Many are in bondage to sin, but they can be free. There's a promise from Jesus, and it says, If you abide in my word and you are truly my disciples, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I said it a moment ago. If we're in bondage to any area, it simply means there's a lack of truth in that area. Wayne sent me a um, teaching by Tony Evans this week, and I was so excited. It was an awesome teaching, but he confirmed something that I was beginning to think maybe I was being a little bit hard on this. Somebody comes to him and they have a problem. He says, okay, let's see where you're out of alignment with the word. Then I'm going to pray and show you how to get into alignment. Then I'm going to pray and show you how to stay strong in that. That's my method of counseling. You come to me, you have a problem. Well, what does the word say? Where are you missing it? Let's pray about it. What else do we need, really? Do we need five steps, 12 steps, 10 steps? The answer is no. If there's something out of it, see, the problem is, what do we really believe about the Word of God? And you say, well, that's just too simple. I didn't say it was easy. It is simple, but it's not easy. There's a big difference. So freedom can maybe best be understood in comparison to slavery. When we choose to walk away from God, we automatically put ourselves into slavery, to the sin nature, to the enemy, to our fleshly desires, to fear, to oppression, to shame, to guilt. All these things destroy lives and they destroy families. So poverty and sickness. Do you know you're not supposed to be in poverty? You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. You know you're not supposed to be in bondage to sickness? You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Thank God for doctors. I thank God for doctors. But let me tell you, I thank God more for the truth. And the word of God will set us free if we will just abide in that word and abide in Christ. He'll give us the answer. You know, I love Holy Spirit. This is something really simple. But I lost my wallet again for about the third time this year. <laughs> I looked everywhere. Every store I'd been in, every, you know, every place. That, this was, I think, Friday. Every place I'd been to, and I thought, oh, my goodness. I think all my credit cards are in there, and I'm already thinking I'm going to go freeze my cards and all this. I have one last place. So I came over to the church Friday afternoon. And I think maybe it fell out of my office. So I got in there, nothing. I was walking out and I said, God, would you just show me where my wallet is? Would you send your angels? And as I walk into my car, Holy Spirit said, look in your golf bag. <laughs> Seriously. I popped my trunk. I opened my golf bag for my, where my shoes, there was my wallet. See how the Holy Spirit will lead you into truth. And that's something simple, but let me tell you, it's monumental for me. <laughs> if you think about freezing all those credit cards, you know, and all that. I was already checking to see if anyone was using my cards. But see, God will speak to us if we will just have ears to hear. 
If we have ears to hear, I, I said, thank you, Holy Spirit. He is our friend, our best friend. Deuteronomy 12, 28 tells us that the word of God is given to us that things might go well with us. If we obey the word, he says, things will go well with us. How many want things to go well with you? It's all about the word. You know, I mentioned this Thursday in Luke 4, 18. I said, what do we believe about the word? We either have to believe the Bible is true or it's not true. That's it. It's that simple. And, you know, if we think it's true, then everything that it says we're going to do, right? And we're going to do it with the help of Holy Spirit, of course. But we have to believe that's the starting point. What does the word of God have to say? What does it say about my sickness? What does it say about my poverty? What does it say about my fear and depression? Jesus says, I've given to you what? Peace. Nowhere do I see he's given to us fear, anxiety, and depression. So where does that come from? The enemy, the enemy. So we are free. John 8, 36 says, if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. You will be free indeed. Second Corinthians three seventeen says, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom, that word free means no longer under the ownership, authority, or servitude of another. You know, I'm not under anybody. Well, what addiction do you have? What addiction do you have? You say, I don't have an addiction. But give me my cup of coffee every morning when I get up. Give me that diet Dr. Pepper when I get up in the morning, right? You saw me coming in this morning, my diet Dr. Pepper to eat with my bagel, take with my bagel. So I'm not addicted to that. Well, then stop it and see how quickly. These are small things, and they may be humorous, but it only leads to larger things, right? So what's the problem? Voltaire says it's difficult to free fools from the chains they worship. It's difficult to free fools from the chains that they worship. So if we're worshiping technology, it's difficult, going to be difficult to be free from technology. If we're worshiping food, it's going to be difficult to be free from food, right? Food addiction. And there's nothing wrong with any of these things in and of themselves. But what do they do? They grab our hearts. Are they more important to us than God? We talked last week about sports. I know I'm stepping on toes maybe. I don't know. I saw heads go up. What are you going to say about sports? I'm not talking to you, Ron. We know about your addiction. But anything that's more important to us than God is an idol and it robs us of our freedom. Whatever it is. People can be an idol. People can, we can be enslaved to people. We're so concerned about pleasing people that we don't please God any longer. Bill Cook says there's five reasons people love the chains that hold them back. Number one, fear of change. Fear of change. I'm comfortable in my chain. I'm comfortable in my chain. I've worn it so long, I've learned how to cope with it. Just leave me alone and I'm okay with it. Most people live their lives in quiet desperation. I'm comfortable in my chains. We become addicted to our coping mechanisms so that our chains aren't quite so painful. I've had people tell us, well, I guess I'll just be on this anti-anxiety pill forever for the rest of my life. I said, why? God didn't give you anxiety. He left us with a legacy of peace. Don't get in condemnation about it, but just know you can be free. You can be free. I know a lot of, from what I've understood from people, I've never been on any of these, but they say the medication sometimes makes you worse than the situation they're trying to resolve. 
The treatment sometimes can be worse than the disease. What activities do we turn to when we're stressed out or we're feeling anxious? I've told you before, some of the guys that we work with, they, especially pornography. You know, I'll get lonely, I get depressed, I get anxious. What do I do? I go to porn and it makes me feel better. I hear it all the time. I told one guy, you man, this recently, then why don't you switch and go to God instead of going to your computer? If I ever wanted to spend one more night with the frogs, how many of us want to spend one more night with the frogs? Lord, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. One more night with the frogs. I have a feeling Laura wanted one more night with the frogs. That's what I have a feeling. It's, it's heartbreaking. I'll get it tomorrow. I'll look for that recovery. I'll get it tomorrow. But tomorrow never comes. Number two, they can't see the big picture. Matthew 13 talks about where Jesus says, I speak to people in parables because their hearts are hardened. That word hardened in the Greek actually means mentally dull. He says, I speak to them in parables because they are mentally dull. They have eyes they can't see. They have ears they can't hear. They can't turn to me to be healed because they're so mentally dull. So we can't see the big picture. God never takes away a person's ability to choose and follow him. You know, when God created mankind, he created, he had to create us free. And in order for us to be free, he had to give us a choice. You ever wonder why he put the trees in the garden? Because he had to give man a choice for him to really be free. Without that choice, there is no freedom. But we've got to be able to see the big picture. David chose adultery. Peter chose to deny Christ. Jude chose to sell him out. We have the freedom of choice that leads to life or death. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, choose life. Number three is habits. Habits just feel good, don't they? They're safe, they're comfortable, they feel good. It's the path of least resistance. I'll just flow with my habit. Embarrassment, number four, fear of what people might say. I don't want to change because people then will know I have a problem. I don't want to admit that I have a problem because people will know like people don't know. See, we think that we were so deceiving ourselves. People know we have problems. You know, we show it all the time. We open our mouths, we show our problems, right? Number five, guilt. Guilt makes us feel we don't deserve anything better. We've messed up. We've made wrong choices, wrong decisions. Let me tell you, there's no, no decision you have. There's no mountain he won't climb up and wall he won't kick down to get to you, to get to me. I've seen him do it time and time and time again. He'll kick down every wall to get to us if our heart is crying out to him. I don't care what we have done. Incredible. So we have the ability to choose to step into freedom. So that's where we're going to start today. You know, my acronyms, here they are. We're going to step into our freedom today. And I call this a July 4th step challenge. Now it's called the summer step challenge, okay? I could have called it the second quarter or third quarter, whatever we're in, second quarter. The summer steps challenge. So every one of us today, regardless of where we're at, where we are at, we can step into our freedom if we choose to. Number one, we have to make the choice. We have to make the choice. We have to make the choice. Are we going to choose freedom? 
And it says in John 8, 31, Jesus said to the Jews, if you abide in my words, you are truly my disciples. That word abide means to stay in place, to remain in a sphere, to stay against, stand against an opposition, to hold out, to stand fast, to stay still, to remain, to endure, to stay in force. If we remain, if we abide in Christ, if we are his disciples, then that word in us is going to bring freedom into our lives, every area of our life. Every area of our life. And what what I've given us is four action words here. S, we want to submit. We want to submit our will to God's will. We want to submit our thoughts to God's thoughts. Number T is, letter T is we want to train ourselves for godliness. E, we have to engage our life. And P, we need to pray. So just quickly, let's just jump into these steps. S, we need to submit ourselves. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. This goes back to the Word of God. What do we think about the Word of God? See, the Bible tells me that the devil's underneath my feet, right? I believe that, do you? If you're going up against the enemy, you've got to believe you're greater than he is, or I just stay at home. Who wants to fight a team when you know they're greater than you are and you're going to get beat, right? We have two dogs at our house, and a couple weeks ago we went into the house, and Callie, the, the younger one, was all like this and we thought what in the world is going on because she's usually hyper we finally came to the realization that molly whipped her while we were gone (laughs) seriously because she had a lot of respect for molly that she didn't have before when we left and we've noticed yesterday they were walk. we had somebody over working in the yard and these and and they would come in and molly she'd get close to molly go and callie would just walk away you know okay like this see that's the way it is with the enemy you got to know who you are. And all you have to do is show him the word. Go, devil, get out of my face. Submit yourself to the word of God. The Bible says he must flee. Tozer says the reason why many are still troubled, still seeking, still making little forward progress is because they haven't yet come to the end of themselves. We're still trying to give orders and interfering with God's work within us. <coughs> Are we doing that? <clears throat> Excuse me. I love Dallas Willard. He said, just do the next right thing. Just do the next right thing. Don't make it bigger than it is. You know, tomorrow's another day. Today, just do the next right thing. And we have to make that intentional decision to submit to God in our hearts and our minds. And if we do that, then our bodies are going to follow suit. I want you to stand if you want. I want you to, I want you to make a dis- conscious decision declaration. It's going to be real simple. Now, don't, don't say this if you don't mean it, okay? God knows if we mean it or not. July 18th, 2021. And I choose today to do the next right thing. And then the next right thing. And then the next right thing. Until I no longer desire to do that thing that keeps me in bondage. And out of God's promises. Isn't that simple? Okay, let's do it one more time. And I choose today to do the next right thing. And then the next right thing. And then the next right thing. Until I no longer desire to do the thing that keeps me in bondage out of God's promises. You ready to do that? Okay, that, that's S, that's submit. Number T, letter T. 
I know the difference between numbers and letters. Letter T is train. Train. For, I love this scripture. First Timothy 4, 7 says, train yourself to godliness. Train yourself for godliness. Training requires diligence, right? You know, for about a year, we belonged to the sports center and we never went. <laughs> we never got in shape that whole year. Now we knew it was there and we knew that if we applied it, it would work, but we didn't put it, we didn't train. Is that a surprise that it didn't work for us? <laughs> a lot of people know what the word of God says, but they don't train in it. But we told people we were members. Yeah, we did. Oh, we belong. You need to go to the sports center and sign up. I told somebody this week, you need to go to the sports center. They're a great place. They got all this great stuff you can do. Right. Are you going, well, no, you know. We need to train ourselves for godliness. It requires diligence. It, requires, it increases our strength and our stamina. You know, it is no different when we are training to live victorious in life. But we cannot live in this state, this condition of somebody owes me something. God owes me. It's just going to happen. It'll just happen. No, it's not going to happen. Our spiritual maturity doesn't just happen. We don't get it through osmosis. We get it through training. We get it through the spiritual disciplines. We, we run a spiritual disciplines class every Tuesday at 7 o'clock. It's powerful. And it's all about the things we need to do to, to get ourselves into a place where we can be conforming into the image of Christ on an ongoing basis. Graham Cook said at one time, I read this in one of his, his uh, teachings, that he trained probably at that point in time, that's been several years ago, over 50,000 people in the prophetic but only 17 went on to occupy the office of the prophet because they would not submit to the training. They would not, they gave up. You know, I think it's time for Christians to quit being flaky if we want to reach the world. We've got to quit being flaky if we want to reach the world. The world's not looking for weirdness. You know, we're going to be weird anyway to the world. I mean, you know, you can't, I mean, just by default, we're going to be weird looking because we believe a standard different than the world believes. But, our, but we have got to be who know who we are. We've got to be fit. We've got to be trained. We've got to be ready to meet the enemy. I saw something the other day, a picture on Facebook, and it was somebody dressed in the armor, and it said, it's tough out there. Make sure you dress appropriately. And that was such a good picture. That's true. We need to dress appropriately. We need to train ourselves. We need to quit chasing after words and gold dust and all this other stuff that people used to do, feathers and all this other weird stuff. Just chase after God. Just chase after God. We don't have to be we don't have to be so Christianese in our language that nobody knows what we're saying. Bless God. Hallelujah. There's nothing wrong with any of those words. But when you're talking to somebody that doesn't know a Bible from the Quran, it might be a wisdom to speak in a way that's going to reach them instead of trying to impress somebody with how spiritual we are. Right? We need to quit looking for somebody to give us a prophetic word and get it ourselves. The word of God is prophetic. The Bible is prophetic. If you want a word from God, get into your Bible. Get into your Bible. I love this little saying. I used to have it on a t-shirt. Remember, when you're not training, somewhere someone is. And when you meet, he will win. Is that not powerful? When you're not training, somewhere someone is. And when you meet, he will win. We always have to be in training. 
And between, between the promise and the prize, there's this thing called process, the three P's. Promise, prize, process. It's the process that's the training. It's the process that trips us up. So we have to be in the training. Number, letter E is engage. Simply that means get up and do something, right? Get up and do something. Quit sitting around here talking about it and let's get up and do something. Ephesians 6, 13 says, therefore, take up the whole armor. That's an understood subject. You, you take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. I'm telling you, we need to stand firm in this day that we're in. There's a lot of junk going on out there. And if we're not careful, we're going to fall for something. If we don't stand for something, we're going to fall for anything, right? We need to know what we believe, and we need to be firm in that. Ephesians 6.11 says, put on all of God's armor so you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. That word strategies is schemes and tricks. All the tricks and schemes. Do you know the devil has a trick and a scheme? We were talking Friday night about how generational issues, and you know I love that scripture in Exodus after the Lord cleared me up on what it really was saying. That he says that the iniquities of the father will visit to the third and the fourth generation. And I always, as a baby Christian, thought that is really cruel of God that he's going to hammer the third and the fourth generation because the daddy messed up. And the Lord said, that's not what I'm saying at all. So I began to do a little exegesis on the scripture. The word iniquities really means influences and twistings and bents. So the twisting and the bending and the influences of the Father are going to visit. That word visit in Hebrew actually means a theological word book of the Old Testament to seek out or to search for. Now, have you not seen this to be true? You can love God with all your heart, but there's an enemy that's going to search you out based on the influences of the Father from your past. And if you don't know who you are and don't walk in victory, he's going to eat your lunch. That's why so many believers that love God fall. Not every believer that falls is just a bad person. No, they just really did not strengthen themselves in the areas they could have strengthened themselves and withstood the assault of the enemy. Just because we get born again doesn't mean he stops. It means he starts even more so than ever. But we got to know, you know, so we see bloodlines and we see addictions and we see poverty cycles. We see health cycles. We have to stand up and say, no, 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 this is no longer in my life. I'm taking authority over this in the name of Jesus. I'm stopping it. I'm breaking it. And it will flee. So we have to know who we are. So as 617 says, put on the helmet, salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. There's that, the Bible again. You can't go after the devil with what you hear on the news. Seriously, I'm not making it. You cannot go after the devil with what you hear on the news. It's what the word of God has to say. It's what the word of God. We overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So we have to know the word of God. Ephesians 5, 16 says, make the most of every opportunity. In these evil days, how many agree that we live in evil days, don't we? We have to make the most of every opportunity. We, you know, we teach here that we are ecclesia. We are the churches outside the doors. We go out and we expect to touch people. We expect to, to have divine conversations. And, and uh, Lori was telling me that during a medical procedure, she had a divine uh, meeting with a nurse. It was beginning and was witnessing to her while she's doing this medical procedure. That's what we're talking. That's what, who we are. See, God will just open the doors if we'll make ourselves available. But Lori has to know who she is. You have to know who you are. If you don't, you're going to let, oh, I don't know, I can't really talk to them because I got all this guilt. You know, I did this too 40 years ago. 
Now, we've got to know who we are. We've got to, we've got to walk in that authority. We have to be submitted. Daniel 11.32 says that the people that know their God will stand strong and do great exploits or take actions, what that actually means. See, if we don't know who we are, if we're not strong, if we're not engaged, if we're not filled up with the Word of God, we're not going to be bold enough to take action. P, pray. We have to pray. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Do you believe that? Something happens when we pray. We meet in here on Fridays and we pray for our city. We believe something happens when we pray. We're not just here meeting just to have a time together. We walk and now we're walking the streets. Donna G's got us going down the streets of, of Concord on Tuesday mornings. We're praying. We're believing something's happening. We believe things are shifting. We're closing down some places, aren't we? And raising up some other righteous places. Luke ten nineteen says, look, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Do you believe that? We have to believe that, that we have authority and we have that responsibility to pray because prayer changes things, prayer shifts nations, prayer gets God's attention, prayer saves families, it saves marriages, and prayer is telling God that we need him, we need his counsel, we need his wisdom. We have to pray if we're going to be free. We have to pray if we're going to be free. And prayer is our simply our coming into agreement with what God already says. Don't get into all this soulish prayer where you're giving God your list. Let's take his list. God, how do you want us to pray for our city? How do you want us to pray for our church? We pray anything according to his will shall be done. See, Cammie's here and she's going to talk to us in just a minute about an event that's going on with, uh, with the ministry she's involved with, with trafficking. Let me tell you, that's God's will. If we ask anything according to his will, God's will is not that children be trafficked and sold as sex slaves. That's not God's plan. So I feel very confident when I pray, shut these people down. I feel very confident when I pray that, to expose the works of darkness. I pray very confidently when I believe when there's stores with witchcraft in our city, the God to close those things down. I, I feel very confident about that. I really do. So I'm not walking around here, well, God, you know, if it's your will. No, it is his will. His word tells me it's his will. See, I'm very confident when somebody's sick that God wants to heal them. I don't care what they've done. You say, well, if they had to smoke five packs a day, they wouldn't have. Who cares? How many of us, how many of us have a past? <laughs> I don't care how, what they did to get there. All I know is God says he's the Lord God who heals. He can work all that out with them. Right? Right. Yeah, let's get over ourselves. Let's get over ourselves. Prayer is the most effective worship that we can give to him. It's the most effective worship because we're focusing right on him. So let's step into our freedom. Submit to God. Submit to the word. Train yourself for godliness. Engage yourself. Get out and do something. Equip yourselves. Put on the armor of God. Memorize Ephesians 6. Put it into practice in your life and then pray. Pray. Ask God. God, give me the divine encounters. God, I thank you for the word. I thank you that I have more authority than the powers of darkness. You know that word authority, it means jurisdiction. That's legal. That's a legal term. He says, I've given you jurisdiction over the miracle working powers of the enemy, Luke 10, 19. We have legal authority over the power of the enemy. I don't care what he does. We have that legal authority. You can be this tall and he can be that big, like a David and Goliath. But you have legal authority if you know who you are in Christ.
and you walk in that. So let's stand for a second. I'm going to pray over us. You've already made your declaration to submit yourselves, right? We've got a couple of things. that We're also going to have some water baptisms today. It's exciting, isn't it? And after Cami is through, if, uh, the, I'm going to get Miss Gloria up, and she's going to have a few things to say. And we also, uh, uh, if you're a candidate for baptism, Miss Gloria has already talked to you. If you need to get prepared while Cami is speaking, that's okay. You can go to the ladies' room or men's room. I don't know who. I think it's ladies today. And um, this is an exciting day. I don't know about you. I just love a good fight. Do you? I just love a good fight. Especially when I know I win. Especially when I know I win. And let me tell you something. You win. If you know who you are, you win. I heard Yvette. Yvette's a winner. Anybody else in here a winner? Yes. Do you believe that do you believe that you have the authority in you to put the devil in his place? Yes. Yes? Yes. Are we gonna do it? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you, Father God, that you've given to us your word. God, we choose today, we make a conscious choice to submit to your word, to submit to you, to submit to your will. Lord, where your kingdom rules and reigns. God, we choose to operate in your kingdom, in your culture, and not in that of the world. God, we submit our hearts and our minds to you. We want to keep our hearts and our minds steadfast on you. You told Joshua in Joshua 1.8, if you meditate on the word day and night, Wherever you go, then you're going to be prosperous. Then you're going to be successful. So, God, we know that your word has the answer for us. We know that Holy Spirit lifes that word inside of us. So, God, I thank you, Lord, as we submit that you're going to lead us to that that we need to know. Father, I thank you that you're going to engage with us in training. God, we're going to train ourselves for godliness through the disciplines of life, through the reading the word and prayer and silence and solitude and communion and fellowship. Things, Lord, that your word clearly describes and and says that we should be doing. So, God, we choose to train for godliness. Lord, we also choose to to engage our lives in, in activities that you would have us doing. Lord, we know that you have divine assignments for us, so we are going to armor ourselves up. God, we're going to dress for the occasion. We're dressing for the occasion, God. We put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the, the shoes of peace. God, we have that sword of the Spirit and the shield of faith. God, we're ready for the battle because we know we have victory. And God, you said also that we should pray in every situation with all types of prayer. So God, we, we submit our hearts to you, Lord. We know that when we pray, you hear us. We know, Father God, if we ask anything according to your will, you hear us and that you will grant what we have asked for. So, Lord, we're so thankful, so thankful, God, that you have called us for such a time as this. It's exciting to be alive, God. You've called us for such a time as this. You've called us to make a difference in our city, in our schools, in our government. You've called us for such a time as this, and we accept the challenge. So, God, I thank you for the empowering of precious Holy Spirit. 